Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 1045 a.m. and 5 p.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. Well, good morning, church. If you're a guest with us this morning, welcome to Salem Heights. Hopefully you were blessed by that time of worship. Uh, We're really glad that you are here, and maybe you're here visiting family for the holidays. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas, and uh, welcome to the final Sunday of the decade. And uh, we want to not just kind of ease in uh, to the new year, we want to actually continue to run uh, with our focus firmly on Christ, and so now we're going to direct our attention to God's Word let it speak to our hearts this morning. So if you have a copy of the Bible, I encourage you to take it out, open it to Psalm 96. Psalm 96, and we're going to be looking at the topic of mission this morning as we spend some time over the next couple of weeks kind of focusing on some things that focus uh, our attention on the Christian life. And I wanted to uh, start this morning by just saying to, to the church as a whole uh, just how thrilled I am, excited to have been called by our elders to serve as the executive pastor here. And I wanted to just take a moment to explain what that means, because over the last couple of weeks I've had that question a lot. Uh, a few things just to say off the bat. Pastor Justin is in great health. He is my pastor, he is our senior pastor, and will continue to be that, Lord willing, for many, many years to come. Yeah. So my role as executive pastor is not a sign that something is wrong with him, that he is leaving, that I'm taking his spot at all. Uh, what an executive pastor can mean, it can mean so many different things uh, at so many different churches, but uh, what the elders have termed or kind of tasked that role to be is that I'm going to be overseeing the staff of Salem Heights Church. As we've grown, our staff has grown, and the typical role of a senior pastor to be the primary teaching pastor, to oversee the staff, and to uh, be able to uh, shepherd you, um, it has become too big for one person. And so uh, some of my skills, uh, just kind of through my experiences over life, have led the guys in just watching my life over the last four and a half years that I've been here at the church uh, to be able to say uh, we think Pete can help come in and just help make sure that our staff is getting enough touches, making sure that they're being uh, poured into. Um, These are all things that Justin will continue to do, but I'm going to be able to help in that aspect, make sure that we're all rowing in the same direction as we cast vision and mission, and I'll continue to back Justin up in the pulpit on Sundays, which I always love to do. But uh, that's what we, we mean here by executive pastor. And part of that, I think why it fits for me is I, I was a coach for many, many years. I was a, a teacher for about 15 years before I joined staff here, and I was a, a basketball coach. And one of the things that I loved about coaching was more than X's and O's. I loved being able to take a group of people together and, and, def- and define a mission, define where we're headed and be able to say, this is what we're setting out to accomplish. And then I would come up, I loved creating then a list of what are the things that we're going to be uh, focused on? What are going to be our core values? What are going to be the things that we have to focus on if we want to accomplish this mission? And then once you have your mission and once you have your core values, you begin to look at your pieces on the team. You begin to go, okay, what role are you going to do to help us be able to fulfill those core values so that we can ultimately fulfill our mission? I love doing those types of things. Not everybody does. But I do. 
And so this morning, I, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be on mission. This is a, a term that throughout uh, the church, uh, we can hear things about being on mission or the mission of the church, God's mission for us. And I want to talk about that because one of the roles I do oversee here is missions. And there is a connection here. I want to talk about that this morning. But the term mission in itself has been defined by one author as a specific task or purpose which a person or group seeks to accomplish. So a mission is, again, that goal, that thing that you feel you've been called to do, that thing you've been uh, assigned to do, that thing that you want to go out and accomplish is your mission. And the concept of mission is not unique to the church. Uh, corporations and businesses spend lots of money focusing on and, re- and wordsmithing and refining their mission as a company, as a mission, as an organization. Uh, you can walk into many businesses and establishments and you might see their mission statement written on the wall. You might see it uh, on their letterhead. You might see it in their email signature. They, they want to make sure that you know this is what they are focused on doing. I mean, if you look at mission statements, they tend to be succinct. They tend to be like, this is what we're setting out to accomplish. And everything that we do then should be pointed back to helping us accomplish this mission. Uh, A few mission statements I thought we could run through uh, that you might be aware of or not aware of. Facebook has a mission statement to give people the power to share and to make the world more open and connected. So everything they're trying to do is to hopefully accomplish this goal. Uh, The next one we have here is Tesla. Tesla, this is their mission statement, to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport by bringing compelling mass market electronic cars to market as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next one, Nike, right? We know their, their, their tagline is just do it, but this is their mission statement and all the things that they're doing to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Everything they do, every shoe they produce, every commercial they do, every piece of clothing, they're hopefully going to accomplish this mission. The next one, Google, their mission statement, to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. That's what they're trying to do. And then this last one, PayPal, to build the web's most convenient, secure, cost-effective payment solution. You might not have known these mission statements, but if you were to look online, every company has a mission statement. So this is what we're setting out to do. This is what we are hoping to accomplish. Everything we do Uh, It might not look exactly like this, but it's all part of the puzzle that's hopefully allowing us to accomplish this mission. Because ultimately, a mission clarifies your goals, and it helps you prioritize what you're doing. What are the most important things that we need to be doing to accomplish this task? That's what it means to have a mission. And so I think when we think of the mission of the church What has God called the church to be? And again, not a building or an organization, just not Salem Heights Church, but the individual people who come together and then make a local expression of a church, a gathering of God's people, all uh, coming together based on their common faith in Jesus Christ, all pointed towards the same direction. What is that mission? What is that task that God, as the creator of the church, as the head of the church, what is that mission that God has given us to accomplish? What does he want us to focus on? What should be our priority? And when we think of the mission of the church, I think it's easy to then kind of bleed into missions. Missions. This idea of going and, and leaving the comforts of home to go to unreached people groups. And I will say this morning that yes, mission and missions within the church are very much connected. 
They speak to the task we've been given by God and the action then we take to be obedient to that. But there was an article that I came across as I was kind of studying on, and thinking about what does it mean to be on mission? What does it mean to have a, a clear mission as a church? What does it mean to be missional? You might have heard that term before. I came across an article written by J.D. Greer, who's a pastor at a church uh, on the East Coast. He's currently the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And he was writing an article on his thoughts on the future of missions. And what he highlighted in this article was that the connection that we see between mission and missions is true, but it can cause us to misunderstand God's mission for every believer. And I included a a brief snippet of this on the front part of our notes this morning. I invite you to, to read along as I read it aloud. It says, in the church I grew up in, missionary was a sacred and scary title bestowed upon only the spiritual elite, the Navy SEALs of the Christian world. We considered them heroes. We sat in awe through their slideshows and gladly donated our money to their ministries. It was years later when I first realized that every Christian is a missionary that all Christians are called to leverage their lives and talents for the kingdom. God's calling into mission is not a separate call we receive years after our salvation. It's inherent in the very call to salvation. So I want us to consider what it means to be on mission and why it matters this morning. Those are my two objectives. And we're going to look at Psalm 96 as our text. There's lots of texts that we could point to and look at that would kind of help us understand what our mission is and what God is calling us to do. But Psalm 96, I believe, kind of gives a picture of the heart of a person who's living on mission. And so I want us to read this psalmist and what they wrote down here this morning. And so would you stand in the honor of God's word as we read our text this morning? Psalm 96, all 13 verses. If you're ready, say ready. ready. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. And he will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it and let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. And for he comes to judge the earth and he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Do you believe there's something in here for us this morning? I believe that too. You may be seated. God, I just, uh, I, I come to you now and I pray on behalf of our, our church this morning that you would use your word and use your Holy Spirit to speak clearly to our hearts, God. What is it that you've called us to? What is the mission and why does it matter? God, I pray that you give me clarity and that you allow me to be your mouthpiece this morning. I pray it in your son's beautiful name. Amen. 
there are a few thoughts that I thought I, I wanted just to share because one of the things that has kind of come back to, to me as kind of overseeing missions and have led several mission trips here and just our pastors in general has been kind of a question that maybe you have had at times. It's like, are, are we spending a lot of our time focusing on missions? Is that what we're really called to? Is that our purpose? Are we focused too much on evangelism? Are we focused too much on outreach? And so I thought we'd just kind of talk about this this morning because I, I do see mission and missions connected, but I, I want us to see a couple of things about that to kind of help us clarify what we are actually calling you to. Because we are heading into a season here in a few weeks where there's going to be uh, information shared, meetings held that kind of let you know what are some of the ways that you could go on a short-term mission trip? What are some of the ways that you could reach into our community, reach out to those who are lost, those who are hurting, those who are in need? We're going to continue to present those to you. But why are we doing that? I want to bring a little clarity to that this morning as we unpack what it means to live on mission. This idea of mission, actually, if you were to do a study on it, uh, is actually kind of a, it's a, it's a topic that has a lot of discussion around it. And, and, and there's a lot of facets to what God has called us to. But I do believe that there is a primary first part of that calling. And so the first thing I just want us to make sure we understand is that Christ has given his church a, church a clear mission. In your notes, there's several passages. We're not going to take time to read them all this morning. You can look at them this week, but in each one of these passages, it is clear that God has called those who follow him to go and tell other people about the gospel, to tell about what God has done, to go and, and be the ones who take this message to the ends of the earth, to be an ambassador. That means someone who represents the king, to go into a foreign country and be able to say, this is what... My king wants to communicate to you, believing that our God is the king of kings and Lord of lords. This is the mission, I believe, for every believer. Every individual believer has been called, as J.D. Greer mentioned, as a missionary. We're all called to be on this same mission. The reason I believe that God doesn't, the moment you place your faith in Jesus and become a Christian, that he doesn't just take you to heaven to be with him, is because he is still drawing a people to his name. He is still reaching out to the lost and broken. He is still offering the free gift of salvation. And he has tasked his church, his followers, his children to be his ambassadors. Amen. For as it says in Romans 10, how will people come to this saving knowledge of Christ unless someone has gone sent to tell them about it? I believe that it is all of our mission. I think the problem sometimes that we can wait for what I would call a Damascus Road experience. If you know the story of the Apostle Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament, he was actually a bad guy before he was a good guy. Which I think God, that was intentional because God loves to cloak his glory in the unglorious. He loves to just, here, here, I'm gonna show you what I can do with a person like Paul who was first called Saul and he persecuted the church. He tore it apart. But Paul was heading one day to a place called Damascus. He had signed letters. He had government authority to go and take all those Christians and to persecute them, put them in prison, maybe even have some of them martyred. And on that way, God spoke to him, knocked him down and said, enough, Paul, Saul. You're now Paul. We're going to change things. And it was clear that in his life, he had been given a specific calling to be an apostle, to be the one who would go and set up churches, be able to be ministering, help build up churches and give them leadership. 
I think when it comes to this idea that we are all called to be on mission, we're all called to be missionaries, on mission, carrying out that mission, fulfilling that mission, being focused on that mission, we think, okay, I will, but I, I have to, the Lord has to give me that really strong call. He has to make it obvious, and I'd say he has made it obvious already in the scriptures. Go, make disciples of all nations. Acts tells us actually, and we're, I, I don't want to get too much into this because we're, we're in Acts when we get back from the new year. And I don't want to, I don't, but here's a little preview of Acts 8. It says that actually the people who actually caused the church to spread from Jerusalem, they were all in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit comes, thousands are saved, they're huddling together. And then it says that it was ordinary believers who began to take that word from Jerusalem to the world. Sometimes we think it was the apostles. And yes, the apostles did go on missionary journeys and they would come and follow up. But it says in Acts chapter Eight, it says that uh, all, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered. All the people who had been saved began to be scattered. They had to leave throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. These believers were forced to flee. And it says that as they were scattered, they went about preaching the word. They had taken that message of what Christ had done in them and they began to take it to the world and people began getting saved. The first international missionary was a deacon named Philip who God said, go. And he said, okay. And God used him to lead an Ethiopian eunuch to salvation. So I think it's important that we understand there is a clear mission and it's all of our mission. The second thing I want us to make sure we understand is that to live on mission means that we are purposeful about the task we are given to fulfill. To live on mission means you are purposeful. And I really want us to understand this because what we're not saying is this is how you earn God's favor. This is what you have to do to be a Christian. No, this is what you get to do. You're invited to do. You are placed into a new calling, a new direction, a new purpose if you believe in Jesus. It's what you do in response to what God has done in your life. He has made you new. You were once dead, now you were alive. You were once had no hope. You were gonna spend eternity separated from God. Now you have all the hope of eternity in Christ to be with him forever. And he's saying, I want you now to go and take that message to other people. Because of what he's done in me. Not because I have something now good to say, but because I need to just go share what he's done to me. Because if God can do it in my life, if God can save Pete Potloff, he can save anybody. But understanding this mission does not guarantee that we will fulfill the mission. I think a lot of us know the Great Commission. A lot of us know that we are supposed to be telling people about Jesus, living out our faith, being a light in darkness, being an ambassador, being salt and light. We know all those verses, and yet that doesn't mean we're actually doing it. But to be on mission means that we're purposeful about that. In an article back in November of 2018, there was a, a study they shared that was done by Lifeway, and it said 80% of those surveyed believed they had a personal responsibility to share their faith, but more than 60% of those have not told another person how to become a Christian in the last six months. To make the point further, LifeWay identified eight biblical attributes that are consistently evident in the lives of maturing believers, and sharing the gospel had the lowest average score among those surveyed. 
The article concludes, what does this mean? It means that the majority of people have a biblical understanding about our responsibility for evangelism, but an incorrect application of this understanding. See, God has called us to do a lot of things. He's called us to, to first be, be a messenger, to be an ambassador, to go and tell people what Christ has done. And the first place you can start is, what has he done in your own life? How has he saved you? But as we go and we share that, there's gonna be things because we're different. Now he's gonna give us a care. He's gonna replace the selfishness of sin. He's gonna place in a selflessness, a desire to say, I wanna see people as God sees them. I wanna help those who are in need. I wanna, I wanna do these things, not because uh, I have to, because I want them to know about God. I want them to know what God has done for me. I want them to know what he has done for them through sending his son to die on the cross for the sins of all men. And so we, if we're gonna be on mission, we have to be purposeful about this. We have to see it and go, okay, I understand I'm called to do it and I'm actually going to go and do it. Knowing that I, I need God's help to do it. I need the spirit of God in me to energize that, to make it of any eternal value, but I, I, this is actually important. The last thing I think it's important for us to understand is this, to live on mission means to be purposeful, excuse me, living on mission is different than participating in missions. I want you guys to hear this. Living on mission is different than participating in a mission. What do I mean by that? For, for a long time, if you've been here for a long time, you know that the kind of the verse that kind of sets our mission here at Salem Heights Church is Colossians 1.28. That our desires through the proclamation of God's word, we want to present every man complete in Christ. That's what Paul says in Colossians 1.28. Our desire is to build up mature believers. That's what complete means. All of us are maturing, all of us are growing as we focus on God, his word, and we rely on his spirit. That's our desire. But this means that we are more concerned here at Salem Heights Church with people who are living on mission every day. That whatever God has called them to do, whatever God has placed in front of them, whatever God is wanting them to do, however God is wanting them to fulfill this mission, this task of letting people know about what God has done through Jesus and what, the, what gift has been extended, that we are more concerned with you being on mission every day as a mature believer, abiding in Christ, walking in the spirit, living out the life he has called you to, than just every now and then participating on a short-term mission trip or going and helping out in a holiday outreach thing, and then the rest of your time, you're kind of focused on yourself doing your own thing. We're, we are more concerned about helping people grow into this place where they are living on mission. Their, their life, their identity is about being about Christ than about what we did that we could point to. Look what we did, look who we helped. No, we want to just be on mission daily, missionary. Living on mission is then our identity. It's how we live because of what Christ has done in us through faith alone, not by any good works of our own. But it's not something we do to earn his love or maintain our connection with God. So we continue to, to let you guys know, hey, there's an opportunity. There are people who need to hear about Jesus. There are people who are hurting that need someone to come alongside and show them the love of Jesus. There are people who need that here in Salem. There are people who need that in Oregon. There are people who need that in America. There are people who need that outside of our country. Those are opportunities as God calls certain individuals from our church to go and participate on that. 
but even those trips, our desire is that you will see God do something in an amazing, incredible way that will inspire your faith to come home and be on mission when you come home, that every day is about living for Christ, telling others about his glory, telling others about what he has offered them through Jesus. So we're gonna continue to say, hey, we need to continue to be thinking about what is the mission God has called us to at Salem Heights? Who has he directed us to? And are we doing it? And as pastors, we're gonna be unapologetic about continuing to put opportunities in front of you. But those opportunities are not about if you're a good Christian, you go on a short-term mission trip. That's not that. Don't get confused. It's not, well, if you're, you have to do this, you have to serve, you gotta come and, and, and do your time in DBS. It's not that. These are opportunities, but God has called us all to a clear mission and he's going to assign us different roles on that mission, different places of that mission. And if we're on mission, we're saying when he, when he comes, yes, it might call me, draw me out of my comfort zone, but I'm gonna say yes, because this is why I'm here. My identity is to be on mission for the living God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So knowing all of that, that the reason why we're about missions is because we wanna be on mission for the Lord. Why does it matter? I was listening to one preacher and he was talking about something similar to this and he was saying he had this desire one day to like grab people as they were walking into church and before they even got in the doors of the church, he just wanted to grab them and say, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? Like, what's this all about? Does this even matter? Just to hear what his people would say. What what, what would you say? If I were to be standing outside this morning, I just graduate, why are you coming in here right now? Like, what's this all about? Does this even matter? What would you say? How would you articulate that? I think it does matter. And I think Psalm 96 kind of gives us a heart of why it matters. It informs why it matters. And there's three things that I want us to see as as we wrap up our time thinking about what does it mean to live on mission? I think the first reason that living on mission matters is because God's glory matters. Look what it says again in in Psalm 96, starting in verse 3. It says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. So many verses in the Bible. You can can do an advanced study on this, and you will find so many Bibles that talk about the glory of God. The idea of glory, just, it speaks to the fact that he is above everything. He has the first position. He, he, his wonder, his majesty, his, his infinite worth is so high above anything here that he has created. And the Bible tells us that we were created for the glory of God. We were created to, to glorify him and to reflect his glory. We declare it through worship, and we reflect it through our actions. So when I'm living on mission, 
when I'm about what God's about, when I'm doing what he has created me to do, what he has prepared for me to do, as it says in Ephesians 2.10, that there are good works, things that he has created me now as his masterpiece, as his workmanship that he has created me for to do. And I would say all those things that he's created for you to do are within the context of his mission, what he is about until he returns. When I live on mission, mission, when I live in step with God, right with him, step for step, it's not gonna reveal my goodness or strength. It's going to reveal his glory to others. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that they may speak against you as evil, as when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify, not you, God on the day of his visitation. Glorify your father. Live in such a way that people can see his glory. Because it'll be obvious, especially to those who know you the closest. Because they know who you really are when, when God is not ruling your life. I am confident that there are classmates and teachers and VBS leaders who knew young Pete Potloff who would be astonished to see what I'm doing this morning. <laughs> And it's not because of something that was because I had opportunity or I had education. God continues to be faithful and patient in my life. I love what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 where, where Paul says that, that Christ came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. That, that is true for all of us to look at your life and go, man, God's patient. Man, he is amazing that he would do that with those who choose to be on mission with him. But I think it's also important that living on mission matters because obedience matters. Obedience matters. Sometimes we don't like the word obedience because we love the word grace, undeserved favor, unlimited forgiveness. But obedience is part of the, of the Christian life. We still have an opportunity to say, I don't want to do what God says, even though he saved me. We can still be stubborn and selfish. But obedience is, is, is to just the simple fact that we've been actually instructed to go and declare, to go and proclaim, go and tell, go and make disciples. Look at verses two and three again. Sing to the Lord, it says here. The psalmist says, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. In the actual language here, these are what we call imperatives. The way that this Hebrew word is constructed is constructed in a command way. So when, the, when you are reading this, the author is saying, this is not optional, this is what you should be doing as a follower of God. Go tell people about his salvation. Go declare his glory among the nations. Tell everyone about his marvelous works. This is true in the New Testament. In Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission, where he says, go and make disciples. That, in the, in the Greek language, is an imperative. It is a command. Go and do this. As a follower of me, this is what I'm telling you to go and do. Uh, as many of you know, I was in India a few weeks ago, and we were getting trained and uh, one of the illustrations that really resonated with me, and I, and I just was thinking about it and pondering, it was something that, uh, the, that Pastor G said as he was training us. He talked about the importance of obedience. And he talked about this, this idea that if he were to call in his son and say, I want you to go to the store and I want you to buy milk, 
And then the son would go from that and he would go into his room and he would write down 10 times, my father wants me to go and buy milk. My father wants me to go and buy milk. My father wants me to go and buy milk. And in an hour, the father calls him out of his room and he goes and says, Father, I have memorized what you told me to do. Let me tell you, the father wants me to go and buy milk. Would the father be pleased with the son? (laughs) Put whatever action, whatever activity, whatever instruction there. But the point that he was saying is God has given us some commands. He has called us to be on mission with him. He's given us a clear purpose and his desire is that we would obey it. He understands that we will not be perfect in that. I I think he understands why grace is so beautiful is that there's gonna be times where I fail in that. But But the instruction is still for us to go and do what he's called us to do. And he's called us to tell people of his glory, his marvelous works, the gospel, the good news of salvation. Even in the New Testament, which is full of passages that talk about God's grace and mercy and forgiveness, we read in 1 John chapter 5, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. What God is calling us to is not because he just wants to really control our lives and, and make living on earth as a Christian just so undesirable. No, he will call you to let go of all your selfish desires, but his commands are not meant to be burdensome. They're actually meant to be life-giving not only to you, but to those who hear the good news. And so it matters that we obey. It matters that God is glorified. But there's one last reason that I think it's important for us to live on mission, and that's because people matter. In verse 10, it says, Say among the nation, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. And he will judge the people with equity. Verse 13, he goes on to say, Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. There is coming a day where the Lord will return, and he will judge the peoples of earth. And those who have no relationship with him, who have not believed in the gospel for their salvation, it says they will be held responsible. They will receive the wages for their sins, which is death, separation from God. And he, they will spend eternity apart from him. There is coming a day where the opportunity to repent and believe and receive the good news of Jesus Christ, to receive his Holy Spirit, to receive forgiveness from sins, to receive the promise and the inheritance of a future with him forever. There is coming a point in the future where that opportunity will be no more. God is still at work. He's still at work saving the people for his glory. And people matter to him. He he wants those who have not heard the gospel to hear it. And there are parts of the world where that's true. He wants people who have heard the gospel their whole lives but have refused to believe it. He wants them to know that he is still calling out to them saying, that gift is still on the table. My desire is that you would return in repentance. Even if that is you this morning, that you've been in church many times, but you do not have a personal relationship with Christ. You have not believed in the gospel for your salvation. You have not said, I have decided to follow Jesus. I want that. Today is the day of salvation. That opportunity is still there. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, it says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise 
as some count slowness, and that promise is that he's coming back. But he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Lord's coming back, and it's sooner today than it was when he left 2,000 plus years ago. But there's still an opportunity today to reach those who are lost, who will, if they do not respond to the gospel, will be forever separated from God. There is still an opportunity for them to hear the gospel. That is the mission. And they matter to God, so they should matter to us. And this mission should matter. That's why it matters to live on mission. There was an article written by a pastor in the Seattle area where he kind of answered the question, and what does it mean to be on mission? And I just want to read what he, what he said. What it does not mean, to be on mission does not mean that you view those who don't follow Jesus as projects to be completed. To be on mission does not mean that you must see conversions, though you likely will eventually. To be on mission does not mean that you need an extra 10 hours a week set aside for missionary work. To be on mission does not mean that you must only talk about Jesus in various serious tones when you're around unbelieving friends. <laughs> to be on mission does not mean Jesus really loves you if you have lots of unbelieving friends. What does it mean? To be on mission does mean that you love Jesus, albeit imperfectly, and believe he is the only hope for every soul in the universe, including your own, because there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. To be on mission does mean that you love people like Jesus and you're moved to go out to the highways and the hedges to compel people to come in, that his house may be filled and to make disciples of Jesus. To be on mission does mean that you believe that inviting people to Jesus is inviting them to, to life that is truly life, not religion, morality, or no fun, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. To be on mission does mean you view yourself as an ambassador of reconciliation and one sent by God in whatever places you find yourself day to day. Moment by moment, it's living everyday life with gospel intentionality, starting with those God has placed around you. To be on mission does mean you prayerfully consider how to best connect with those around you for the purposes of the gospel, becoming all things to all people that by all means you might save some. And to be on mission does mean that you know that even while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you, making you a redeemed sinner, pointing other sinners to the Redeemer. Imagine that someone were to come and knock on your door this week and say, I've got great news. I'm sending you and your family to be full-time missionaries. And perhaps in that scenario, you didn't slam the door and turn out the lights in your home. <laughs> perhaps someone told you you're going to be a full-time missionary. If you knew that was God's call for your life, and some of you in this room have served in missions, you've, you've left your comforts of your home country, and you've gone to a place where you weren't a native and you did work there. If that was what God called you to do, I'm pretty sure that all of us would, it would change how we approach life. It would change how we pray. It would change how we prioritize. It would change how we got up each day. It would change even how we would be connected to the culture and what was going on and really understand it if that was what we were called to do. Our desire as a church is that every day we would wake up going, I am a missionary. 
that I would wake up going, I need to prepare, pray, prioritize, and consider what is it that God has called me to do today on mission. If you are living on mission, you are living as a missionary. In the coming weeks, we are gonna have more information about opportunities to go on a short-term mission trip was just an option. It's an opportunity for a type of mission work. We have opportunities about outreach here in Salem and ways that you can reach out to those who need to hear about Jesus, who need to be shown the love of Jesus. But my desire is that you would each pray as we head into a new year that God would show you, if he hasn't right now, what is it, God, that you want me to be about in 2020? But here's what I want you to preface that prayer with, knowing that it's not about a resolution or determination or something you're going to do that's gonna make you to be faithful to the mission he's called you to, but saying, God, I believe you've invited me to be on mission. You've empowered me through your spirit to be on mission. God, help me to be faithful, to be obedient to your mission for my life today. Don't even wait for the new year. Start today. We care more about you living on mission than participating in a mission outreach event. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for uh, inviting us. And as we sang this morning, your goodness is so good. And God, all of our lives, you have been faithful. You have shown your goodness to us, your perfect patience. But God, you have invited us. You've given us purpose and calling and a meaning and identity because you are good. You've taken us and all of our imperfections and you've said, I have a role specifically for you, God. I pray that we'd be a church that's not concerned about doing missional things, but that we are concerned about every day being mature in you, complete in Christ, abiding in the spirit, walking in our relationship with Jesus and that we would do the things that you've called us to do because your glory matters, obedience to your word matters, and God, ultimately, these people who are lost matter to you. God, we thank you for the invitation to join you. We pray for faithfulness this year as we live it out. I pray all these things in your son's beautiful name. Amen.